Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry, only on BlueNile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands, all hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. This is Ion Foxborough, the premier podcast for all things New England Patriots. Brought to you by Mass Live. Welcome to another edition of Ion Foxborough. I'm Karen Garigian, and my guest today is three-time Super Bowl champion and current sports talk show personality, Ted Johnson. Hello, Ted. How are Karen, you? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm a lot better than the Patriots, that's for oh, sure. You got that right. You got yeah. that right. It's, uh, it's, uh, we've seen better days around here. We certainly have, uh, and and you and I were just saying we go back a ways, <laughs> <laughs> back to the Bill Parcells days when you were drafted. So we had those were good times. That was yeah. that was that was uh, that was the genesis, I think, of of you know the I don't know the the dynasties and the beginning of of kind of of the whole uh, the whole incredible run that we've we've uh, we've been able to witness and be a part of for the last twenty five years. Yeah, there's no question about that. You guys got the ball rolling, uh, turned things around. And, you know, I was watching you on your show, NBC Sports, The Breakdown, last uh, yeah. night, and you called Sunday's loss the lowest point in the post-Tom Brady era. Uh, I would have to agree with that. But the question now is, can they recover? What do you think? Well, I think it's going to be a tall task, Karen. I mean, I, I just uh, it it, uh, it you know you, they I was asked on, on that uh, very same show later on, you know what 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 do you do to fix it? And the, you know the only the only thing I think I can come up with, Karen, I'm, I'm serious. Is 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 it's not about it's not about the roster is the roster. The uh, there's 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 significant. Uh, constrictions that they have because of the roster. There's only certain things they can do. There's, there's no magic formula. The only thing I see that maybe is a problem with this team that can maybe get fixed is, is attitude is, is just kind of perspective and trying to get everybody pulling in the same direction. Um, And if you can get guys believing guys buying in, guys pulling in the same direction, then you can maybe overcome your deficiencies uh, that you have as far as talent and, and roster construction. And that's that's the bottom line is I just don't think 
you know, this team lacks talent. We all know that. This this team's devoid of of some playmakers. Clearly, we know that. So you got to get guys to play above, you know, maybe their heads and above their abilities. And how do you get them to do that? You have to inspire them. They all have to feel. Guys have to feel like they are, you know, a part of the team and and are buying in. And right now, it, it doesn't feel like that. It feels like there's some infighting. It feels like guys are on different pages. It doesn't feel like everybody's pulling in the same direction. So you 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 have what you have right now. And I I said you know they all need to just go out for beers, hang out, particularly guys on the offense. You know, just have a kumbaya session, air out your grievances, get to know each other. Um, and and whatever has transpired up to this point, bury it, put it behind you, and see if if we can't all come together and and start playing as a team. That sounds corny. Yeah. That sounds maybe like like that's uh you know that's like that's it, Ted. That's all you got to do. It's like I think that's the only the only uh, chance they have to maybe turn this around is it doesn't feel like a team, Karen. It doesn't feel like they are all on the same page, pulling in the same direction. And because of that, you're, you're seeing, you know, you're seeing a, a one and three record. That's the only thing I think there's no other players coming in. There's not going to be any coaches. There's really the schemes are, you know, I think is as good as they can be. It's really, I think an attitude, a collective attitude problem that they currently have. And, and, and that can be fixed. But it takes, I think, it takes the uh, the leaders of this team, which are not, I'll be honest, it's not really the players. The coaches need to bring the players together, and 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 uh, and and figure this out. That's to me is the only real solution in this whole thing. When you talk about them not seeing seeming together, or you 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 don't see them as a as a team, is that what? You know, how does that manifest itself on the team? How do you, how did you come to that realization watching them? Yeah, it's just, but it's it's things you hear. It's it's uh, it's it's it is watching. It's it's watching it and just being a former player, you can just feel it. You can feel that guys, you know, aren't together. That guys aren't maybe, you know, playing uh, the game the right way. It's just a, it's a feeling. It's just watching football my whole life, watching body language, what, listening to the comments. Um, I, I just don't feel from watching and hearing guys that they're, that they're all on the same page, that this is, that this is a real team. And so I, I feel like it's a bunch of hired mercenaries brought in that are all kind of doing their own thing, but not really uh, all kind of doing it together. And I'm that's that's football. You, it's an emotional game. It's the most interdependent sport there is. Meaning, I need if you know me playing. You know, I played middle linebacker. For me to do my job, Karen, I needed my nose tackle to do his job. Um, I needed my five technique to do his job. I needed my outside linebacker to reroute the tight end and cover two at the snap of the ball so that I could do my job so that the safety could do his job. And so, and if you don't like each other and if you're not, you're not on the same page and you're not pulling in the same direction, then it's, 
it's a bunch of individuals out there and it's not a, a, a concerted effort and a unit uh, that's, that's a team. And so that's, that's what I see. I just see guys that are hired mercenaries brought in. They're, they're doing, you know, they're, they're doing, you know, what they were brought in to do, but it's not enough. It's not enough. They got to be a team. And this is not a team right now, Karen. I almost think it's a, when you, you know, described how you had to depend on this guy and that guy to do their jobs. I almost think it's like a trust issue. And I don't think that the players trust what, you know, the offensive line, the quarterback doesn't trust the offensive line, the running backs don't trust, you know, and it just sort of has, you know, this, it's, you can see it, you know, just in Mac Jones alone, you know, if he, he he doesn't seem confident at all in, in the pocket, he's skittish now. Uh, he, you know, the pass rush was tough in Dallas, but I almost think he, he was unnerved when guys weren't around him. He was, he was, he was, uh, he was <clears throat> seeing ghosts is the expression they like, the, you know, they, they like to use, but tr- that's the word. Thank you, Karen, for just saying it's so obvious. That's, that's the word is trust. Trust yeah. is the, and that was the problem. You see, that's, that's the thing. I, I just feel like a, a lot of the problems now could have been solved in the summer. The trust issues that you're uh, that you're referring to, I think, are are so clear and obvious. Um, you know, for for you know people like you and me that has watched football, you know, our whole lives, and we've seen, we know, we we know what a team, you know, a real team looks like. But trust is the biggest issue, and it all started way back in the off season. There was trust issues that uh, clearly from last year's team between the head coach in the quarterback between the quarterback and the coordinators. Um, we saw that last year and you would think, okay, well this year, those things would be fixed. I'm not so sh- sure that all those trust issues that were issues last year, they there's residual effect coming into this year. They haven't been fixed. You know, Trent Brown uh, was, was disgruntled last year. Well, did, you know, did Bill address that? You know, I, I guess he did. I guess he, he addressed that issue by giving Trent Brown more money. So that was that satisfied him. But did, did Bill go to Mac in this offseason, the summer, and say, hey, man, we need to work this out. We got to figure out how to get on the same page. I'm not so sure. So the the trust that you're talking, issues that you're talking about were there in the offseason, in the summer, and they're still here now. And to me, the biggest thing that can be fixed is Bill – needs to go and I think talk to the quarterback, talk to the coordinator. He's got to, I don't know, hold himself accountable. They have to they have to figure it out because there is no trust between, you know, the, the coordinator, the quarterback, the head coach and the quarterback. Um and and I will tell you this, you know, and I've said this a million times, what made Belichick work for us in those early two thousands is he got we, we trusted him because he would say, look, if we do these things, guys, in the game, we're going to win the game. And we would do what he says, and we'd win the game, and then he'd earn our trust. But, but it doesn't feel like, you know, whatever Bill is teaching these guys or telling them, hey, you know, if, if we go play the Miami Dolphins and we limit Tyree Kill to one touchdown and 40 yards, we're going to win the game. Well, the defense went out and did that, 
and they still lost the game. Right. If they go play the Dallas Cowboys, hey, if we limit C.D. Lamb's touches to, and I forgot what he had in the game. It wasn't like a, he had a, you know, that was a nice, <laughs> that was a nice touchdown. Yeah, but you know, it wasn't like he blew him away. It's like, well, if we do this, we'll win the game. Well, they're doing a lot of these things that they used to do, but they're not winning games. So there's not a lot of trust now in maybe Bill's methodologies and some of his game planning. Um, you're seeing some of the in-game management decisions from Bill that aren't working out, not going forward on fourth and one inside their 10 on an opening drive. Um, some of the some of the other decisions in these other games, uh, you know, going forward on fourth down when he should have maybe kicked field goals, uh, personnel decisions, not playing the Mario Douglas, you know, after he fumbles the football. Um, a lot of that stuff is 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 a decisions from Bill. Guys are looking at going, I don't I don't trust my head coach to make the right decisions. He's not putting us in the best position to win. And so there's going to be distrust between players and particularly the head coach right now. Um, and so he's got to get everybody back on board. Um, and how he's just got to he's got to figure out a way to do it. So that's that's a big issue with this team is trust, Karen. Yeah. Will it will it also fester between the units? You know, the, the defense doing what they're supposed to do. You know, they hold Tyree kill, but the offense doesn't. Del- I mean, the offense didn't deliver against Philadelphia when the defense gave them multiple opportunities at the end of the game. They didn't deliver against Phil- uh, the Miami. Yep. Defense did the job and and yep. they and they gave against Dallas. They gave Dallas two touchdowns or Mac did, uh, and, and a field goal by turnovers. Does that also manifest into this issue of? It can, it can. And you, you, you've seen it, you've seen it, uh, you know, you've seen it time and time and time, uh, you, you know, the, the Denver Broncos, you know, back, you know, back in, uh, 2000, you know, 15, you know, there, there was a lot of issues. You know, they had a great defense. I mean, they actually won the Super Bowl, but there was, you know, you've seen teams where the years, Great defenses and bad offenses, and then those defenses, you know, uh, you know, not happy with their offense. You've seen that time and time again. I just don't think this defense is so elite that they feel like they can, you know, that they're going to have problems with this offense. I just don't. I, I think the defense has its own problems too. But I, I, I hear what you're saying uh, on that. I, my my feeling is there's a level of, you know, what do you expect? Maybe, you know, I think there's. For this defense to get upset at this offense, I think that's – I don't think they're at that point right now because if you look at the roster on the offense, it's kind of like they're – those guys are just doing the best with what God gave them. I mean, they don't have elite talent on the offense. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think schematically, there's only so much you can do if you're Bill O'Brien. I really think there's there's not a whole lot you can do with the talent he's been given. I think everybody kind of realizes that. So I don't think there's going to be a divide or a division between the two units. Uh, because it, particularly, I just don't think the defensive unit is all as good as, as maybe people think. Um, and I think there's an understanding. There's got to be on that team. It's like, well, they're limited in what they can do uh, based on the personnel that they have. Um, and particularly the offensive line. Uh, let's face it, the, the offensive line is one of the biggest problems. And there's there's been a rotating kind of door with a lot of different players on that unit to, to start the season. So I just think it's uh, that 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 divide, that potential divide that you're talking about. I don't think you can be there just because I don't think the defense is as good as they maybe they think they are. And there's 
obvious and clear deficiencies with talent on offense. So it's hard to get mad at guys when they're they're really they're just they're just there's only so much they can do. And now the the defense. Speaking of which, uh, you know Matthew Judon's having surgery for bicep tear, and they're going to oh. be Christian Gonzalez for a while, but you know. Judon will probably be the rest of the season if he, you know, you know, how do you, how do you, how does the defense rebound from losing those two? It's tough. You know, Karen, I used to, I used to sit in defensive meetings sometimes and I would just, I would just look around the defensive meeting. So, and I would just, I was like, I would, I would be so, uh, uh, I would get so much of my confidence by just looking back at my secondary that would sit in the back and I'd see Ty Law you know, Rodney Harrison back there, Asante Samuel, <laughs> feel pretty good about our, our secondary. And then I look at our linebackers and I, you know, I'd see Willie McGinnis, you know, Roman Pfeiffer and Vrabel, uh, Brewski. And I go, woof, we got some good linebackers. And then I'd look at my D line and I, you know, I, I would see Ted Washington and, and Richard Seymour and Ty, Ty, Ty Warren. And I'd just be like, what a defensive line. If I'm a defensive player and I'm in that meeting room, I'm looking around, I'm going, ooh, man, who, do, who, you know, we, they just, you know, their identity a little bit is, a lot of it has been, is now going to be gone because I think Matthew Judon kind of held up that defense as far as leadership and giving it that unit confidence. Um, your spokesman on that side, and really not only for the defense, but I think he was the spokesman for the entire team. Um, mm-hmm. And now that that's gone, there's going to be a little bit of a, uh, a, you know, a a confidence check. They're going to be unsure of themselves because I think Matthew Judon was the backbone of that collective confidence on that side. And now that he's gone, who's going to step up? Who who are the leaders besides Matthew Judon? I mean, honestly, I, I don't, you know, Kyle Duggar, Great player. I don't know. Is that is that his role? I'm not so sure. I don't know who on that side of the ball is going to step up and be that leader. And the guy that steps up has to be a damn good player, right? I mean, when you lose, mm-hmm. you know, uh, you know, you, when you lose, you know, a guy, a, a guy, you know, like uh, Matthew Judon, it, it's it's not only is he a vocal leader and you're like emotional, spiritual leader. He's your, He's a damn good player, and so. That's a huge void. There's going to be uh, on that side of the ball, I think um, a little bit, it's going to be interesting to see how they respond because um, I just think their vocal leader and their their flag carrier on that side and really the whole team is now done probably for the season. I tore both, I tore both my biceps, Karen, at the elbow, just like Matthew Judon did. It's a 10-week 10 10 week, uh, deal. So he's, he's at least gone for two and a half, months probably more like three months and that really pretty much takes you to the end of the season hey i, I tore my bicep too but i wasn't out at all i was still able <laughs> to type you know so <laughs> <laughs> you fought that, the huck Karen? yeah no but no but that no <laughs> um i, I Gerard Mayo today talked about you know seeing more of keon white and you know he's an impressive rookie but like you said, he can't bring to the table all that Judon does, you no. know. So it's going to be interesting to see how they rebound. 
Um, and it's also going to be interesting to see on the other side of the ball, how Mac Jones rebounds or uh, I don't know, Ted, do you think he can be salvaged or do the Patriots get through the season and, you know, conduct another quarterback search? Man, Karen, it, that's a that's a good point. That was that game really. It was, it kind of shakes your confidence. If you were someone who was in the Mac Jones camp, supporting with Mac Jones, you, you look at that game and you go, "Oof, man, can can this is this the right? Do I want to hitch my wagon to to this horse? You know, it's a little bit. It's good. You're gonna have a little bit of pause because, I mean, he had. It looked like he had a, a meltdown, like a a complete and total mental meltdown and that's that's a little bit troublesome because you know he, he seems like a kid that's wound up a little bit tight um you know just some of the emotional outbursts he's had over the last few years just there there's a tension there that you know all the players feel and that's not that's not the guy you want to kind of be behaving like that because you want the quarterback to just be calm, cool, and collective. You know, I uh, like like a guy I used to play with, uh, Tom Brady. His poise, his calmness, um, it makes the rest of the team calm. Uh, when when you when you when you when uh, when you're when you show kind of the uh, the behaviors that Mac Jones has shown, it doesn't give the rest of the team confidence. And so he's going to have to learn how to play with poise and confidence and and I'll say that it's so important for him to get off to good starts if he gets rattled early it's almost like he can't calm himself down the the body clock gets sped up early he's feeling pressure early in the game and and then the rest of the game he's he's unable to kind of snap out of it and so if I'm defense is moving forward I'm sitting in the house early and often just yeah. to get in his head because it impacts him the rest of the game. And that's, 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 uh, that's not what you want. You need a, you know, a quarterback to be more calm. And I'll, I'll, I'll be honest. It's, it doesn't feel like right now, based on even in the totality of his career in the three years that, that maybe he's the answer, particularly with this, this head coach. I mean, if, if there's the trust issues behind the scenes that is, are being reported, and have been reported, and you've been a part of that reporting, Karen, um, is I don't know how you fix it. I really don't. Um, other than the only thing I've, I've always said is Bill has it in him, Karen, to go and extend the proverbial olive branch. He's done it with me. We've had our issue. We had our issues in the past, and Bill came up to me uh, at a certain point in the middle of the season when it was at its height of our – problems behind the scenes and he said Ted we got to work this out and I said okay Bill well what are we going to do and we we talked we talked it through and that was all it took for me to kind of clear my head and then put my stuff that I had with Bill behind me and and I and I we worked we played I played two and a half more years for him uh and it was it was fine it's really up to Bill to decide that he wants to go to Mac and say hey Let's let's bury the hatchet, you and I, and I support you, and I'm behind you, and let's do this together. Um, that's really at the end of the day, that's what Mac needs. 
because it's hard for Matt to go out there and play at a high level and play with confidence and self-assuredness if he feels like he doesn't have the sport from the head coach. Very difficult to go play quarterback at this level with any kind of confidence if he's feeling like, you know, maybe the head coach is going to undermine him, doesn't support him, doesn't really like him. Um, very hard to go out there and be your best version of yourself when that's when that's the case. Yeah. And conversely, from Bill's perspective, I guess, it, it it's tough to have a quarterback out there who needs perfect conditions to succeed. Because obviously, as we brought up with Tom Brady, you know, he was just as good no matter what was happening around him or he was calm and collected. He didn't lose it. He, you know, he didn't try to do more than he was capable of, uh, which I think we try, we saw with Mac. I, I mean, thrown across the field. I mean, he, he didn't have the arm strength to be thrown across the field. And again, he was doing things that were out of his realm, you yeah. know, and if that's going to happen every time that, you know, there's pressure or whatever, uh, I, I, me personally, I don't think he's your guy, you know? So yeah. especially with Bill. <laughs> being oh, I know. You're right. And it's, and it's, it's, and that's the thing you just said it. He might not be the guy. If Bill's the head coach, Karen, if Bill's continues to be the head coach, then, then Mac isn't your guy. I think there's, I think this, I think that relationship, just what I've been hearing and just what you can see, I just think that relationship is, is broken. And I don't know, I don't know if they're ever, ever going to be able to work it out. Now I'm a, I'm a different personality. I referenced, you know, you know, an issue, the issues I had with Bill and we were able to work it out. I'm a different, you know, uh, a different personality than Mac. And so maybe Mac's personality and Bill, it just isn't going to ever work out. So, you know, I, I would say maybe Matt could work out if there was a different head coach. But if Bill Belichick's the head coach, it, it feels like now more than ever that Matt's probably not the answer if Bill Belichick continues to be the head coach here. Yeah. And, and speaking along those lines, I, I think based on what's happened post-Brady, I think a lot of – owners might be looking <laughs> to to move away from the head coach. I'm just not sure this Robert Kraft is ready to do that. Um, uh, you know, but do you think Robert Kraft might even be thinking about that at this point? He's got to be. He's got to be because the brand's taking a hit. You know, his, his brand that he, you know, and rightfully so that he is uh, very protective of, very sensitive to, and as any owner would be, it's it's taken a hit. I mean, this is, you know, uh, we're going into our fourth years uh, of of football without Tom Brady, and you know, how's it looking? Taking inventory uh, on your on your program and and on your franchise. Where are we four years after uh, you know Tom Brady exited? It is it's the lowest it's ever been. And so you have to look hard and you have to look and be critical because even though there's engagement, there's still engagement from the fans. People still care. It's, it's a, it's one of those things though. If you have, 
more and more games like you had against Dallas, it is going to slowly start to fade uh, that engagement. And that is, that's got to be a terrifying kind of, uh, you know, uh, feeling for, for Robert Kraft because he's worked so hard to get it to where it is that it feels like it's slowly slipping away. So it's going to be a tough, if this, this thing continues on the trend, it's going at the end of the year, I, there's not going to be a, a change in their end season, but at the end of the year, Robert Kraft is uh, is going to have to you know make some tough decisions because I don't think I, I don't see any any here and I think this is what's the most disheartening thing about this Karen is where's where's the hope where's the hey you know but we have this guy coming and this guy and hey you know next year we we have the number one overall pick. none of that there's no there's not a lot of things to feel hopeful about. And I think that's what's the most discouraging thing is that there's not a lot of things you can point to and go, okay, this is a, we're off to a bad start, but X, Y, Z is coming down the road. And so we, we can be hopeful for that. There's not a lot of things to look at at this situation and go, all right, we can, we can hang our hat on this and there, we, we can be hopeful of this because X, Y, and Z is coming. It's, it's not, there's nothing really to get that excited about. And I think that's part of the problem too. Yeah. And I think the next game or two is going to be you know either the the ship totally sinks you know because you know we know they can't beat the 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 real good teams but you know they've been able to beat the lesser teams but you know you have new orleans coming up at two you have the raiders coming up after that at one and three if the patriots all of a sudden don't beat the teams they're supposed to beat. I think it could potentially snowball into something even more ugly. It, it will. It will just get uglier. It will get uglier and uglier. Um, and you know what? It's funny. You know that they, that that high high floor that you're talking about. You know, beating up on the, you know, on the on the on the with the the teams that have you know crappy quarterbacks and bad coaching. And I mean, it's it's kind of hard to get. Ex- feel satisfied with that anymore. Like, you know, when you see the Buffalo Bills and the Miami Dolphins light up the scoreboard, you see talent everywhere, two teams in your own division, uh, you know, uh, considered maybe the top two teams in your, in the AFC. It's, it's just, you know, beating the, you know, the dregs, the low, you know, bottom tier teams that have bad coaching and bad quarterback play isn't satisfying enough anymore. Right. I mean, you, you can hang your head on that, I guess, but you know what I mean, Karen, right? It just isn't – it's not It's not moving the needle as much anymore. And so even though that can satisfy some people yeah. and you can get seven, eight wins doing that, it Maybe feels Carol, yeah. so huh? far from the the elite teams in your conference, right? Yeah. Uh, well, as I said, it's – you know, the, the, the natives are already restless, uh, you know, just based on feedback I've gotten and – Again, they're they're walking on a tightrope, I would say. Coach Belichick, uh, Mac, and the uh, team—they're on a tightrope right now. And you know, we'll see. And Karen, you know, so we, there was a lot of time when they started when they started zero and two. Um, you know, I was I was bringing up old stories of the uh, the team that you know I played on two zero and two teams, and and the, and the team I focused on. Uh, when, when uh, you know, when the Patriots started out 0-2 this year was, the, of course, the 0-1 team when we started off 0-2. And Bill, 
Bill Bill took all of us out to the the practice field after we started 0 and 2 and he had a he had this football that was showed the 0 and 2 record and he dug a hole out in the out in the uh you know out on the field there in the practice field and and all of us stood around and he had this big speech and he buried the ball right and we we're going to bury that 0 and 2 record and we're going to put that behind us and we're going to move on can bill belichick do that same tactic now and guys go yeah let's go like Dude, we had studs on that 0-1 team. We had Hall of Famers on that 0-1 team. We had guys that had already been to a Super Bowl and lost on that team. So we knew what it took. And so that type of coaching and motivational tactic worked. Again, this it's not going to work on this team because guys don't believe. They're not, they're not believing uh, in Bill right now, but they don't have the talent. Um like that one team did to kind of pull that type of tactic off. And so what you just said is, 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 is so true. What is Bill going to say or do to light a fire under this team when they're clearly limited in their abilities and, and, and it's just, and they don't have the horses like that one team to kind of respond to that type of, uh, you know, uh, coaching. And so, what is he going to do is the biggest question. I have no idea. And my feeling is, Karen, he doesn't know either. And that's the scary. He's always had answers. He's had answers in game. Uh, he had answers in motivationally, schematically. There's so many things that they're doing, for example, on defense right now that are like, that you go, oh, look at, oh, that's a creative defense right now. But I saw the Miami Dolphins and the Dallas Cowboys have answers on offense for everything the Patriots' defense was doing. I know the offense is the problem for this team, but if you just look at the defense, that's Bill Belichick's side of the street that he's the best at. Teams had answers for everything the defense was doing. And so Bill doesn't – a lot of the things that he could solve back then, he doesn't, he doesn't have the same ability to solve right now, and it's so clear and evident, and that's the scary part. So lack of talent. And then clear, and then a coach that doesn't have the answers like he used to, that's a scary place to be. Yeah, I, I actually wrote uh, recently that uh, you know Bill coming up with these master plans and scheming, and yes, holding Tyreek Hill, but then having the Dolphins still beat him. I mean, it, that must kind of blow his mind too. Oh, it, uh, it, it's. It, it, it has to, and it's got to shake his confidence a little bit. Like, so yeah, you'd say, okay, you stop Tyreek Hill. You know, they, they, yeah, but Miami controlled the game the whole time with the running game. Uh, just, you know, dink and, oh, you know what? Force them to dink and dunk down the field and then, and then we'll get them in the red zone or they'll make a mistake. Uh, no, no, that's not, yeah, teams know you want to do that. So they know Bill's strategy because they know what they're, they know that he's trying to take out their number one wide receiver. Fine. We're going to go to the running. We're going to go to the third option. We're going to go to the running backs. We're going to make you have to come up and make tackles. And, then, and we're going to be patient too. We're going to take what you're giving us. I mean, again, being outsmarted like that by Mike McDaniel, who's a relative newcomer, you know, and then by McCarthy last week. I mean, it's, it's, you know, it's stunning. But the other thing 
Bill said after the game was the Dallas game was that he thought, you know, they're much better than they show the team. And I wrote that he's delusional. <laughs> Karen, Karen, he, yeah. he said that. And I thought the same thing in the post game. I was like, he, but I think, I think that's kind of, Bill. I think he's completely, you know, uh, denial is not a river in Egypt is, uh, you know, being a former, you know, being an addict in recovery. That's a big thing we would say. It's like, he's a complete denial. It's amazing. It's like he's ignoring everything that is in front of him. Like we all see it, yet he almost refuses uh, to see it. And I think he's shell shocked. I think you said. I think he's kind of like like stunned like after that after that game. Just some of his answers in the press conference were like, it's almost like he doesn't know what to say, and he can't believe in himself. I'm. You saw him kind of melting down in that Miami game. You can see him getting frustrated. He was yelling at the officials for, for the you know calls that they were making that were clearly right, good calls. You know the late hit on uh, or the head to head on Marte Mapu. Bill's arguing that call. It's like, dude, it, it's that was a clear penalty. What, what is going on? You, you can just see it, Karen. We've we've been around him a long time. We know is we know you know, Bill very well. Um, and so when you see him behaving and acting that way on the field and in these press conferences after that Dallas game in particular, saying that, saying that we're a better team, a better team. Are you kidding? You're one, you were one and two of the previous three games and you're, you're referencing you, that you had a good team in those games. It's, it, it it's a little bit scary and it feels like he's, he's in complete denial. And that's the scary part because I, there's a lot of examples I think you can look back to and reference in the last four years and say, I don't think Bill gets it. I just don't, I don't, I don't think he gets it. Yeah. I, I, it's hard for me to argue and uh, I've taken up a lot of your time, uh, but I do want to ask about your alma mater, Colorado. Yeah. They started <laughs> great. <laughs> the and boss, now, I mean, uh, it's unbelievable, Karen. Huh? It's unbelievable. What, what uh, What's going on there in Boulder, right? Yeah. We're, well, we're thrilled. I still think it, it's great to see Dion put them back on the map and and generate just excitement, you know, for, for the team. I mean, people were to have been tuning in every week just to see. And, you know, that USC game looked so far away. And boy, did they, you know, they came back and made it quite a game. So. It was it's it's unbelievable what's going on. I I love I love the hire. I was skeptical. I was a little bit skeptical. I was opt. I love the hire, but some of the stuff I was hearing, you know, before the season. Oh, I mean, when you have eighty percent of your roster turned over, I just didn't think that you could go out there and and uh, and field, you know, a, a team that would be competitive. Boy, was I wrong. I had never seen a son play at Jackson State. He's been phenomenal, and, and you know, losing you know the last two games, Oregon obviously cleaned our clocks, but I love the way Dion responded to the loss. So it's like, okay, house, you, you got a lot of, uh, a lot of uh, ego and a lot of uh, braggadocious kind of behavior and it's rubbing people the wrong way. And when you're winning, it's, it's fun times, but when you lose, how's he going to respond? And he loved up his players. He was supportive. He didn't talk down to the other, the opponent. Um, and so I love the way he responded to these losses um, and, and, and so, I mean, for us to be three and two, when we have just been so irrelevant for so long, 
and it, it's uh, it's been it's been incredible. We haven't been relevant. It's crazy to say since since you know Danny Graham played and I played back there in the mid nineties. That's how long it's been. So and it's so funny. I got people coming up to me going, Ted, do you know anybody in the admissions office? I, I, my son wants to go to school there. I'm like, what are you talking about? Anybody can get into Colorado. It's like seventy percent acceptance rate. He goes. Not anymore. Everybody wants to go there because of Dion. And it's funny. Everybody goes, man, that, that campus is so beautiful. It's like, yeah, it's been beautiful the whole time, you know, but it's never been on, you know, no one's seen it because our football team has been so bad. And so we're so thrilled. All of us former, uh, you know, our alumni are, I can't believe we love Rick George, our, our AD. He took a swing, a big swing and it's worked out great. And uh, I couldn't be happier for our program. Wow. That's great. I wanted to end it end it on a positive note, Ted. I could talk to you for days and for hours. Uh, I I enjoy. Always been that way with us. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for for joining our podcast. Uh, perhaps we'll have you uh, again down the road at some point. Jared, you call me anytime. You know I I love talking with football with you. You've been great. Uh, you've covered me when I was uh, you know playing back in the day. And uh, and uh, and we're and we're friends now. And so, anytime you need me, you call me. Okay. Thank you, Ted. All right, you bet. This has been Ion Foxborough, brought to you by Mass Live. <laughs>